for the first time in my trauma-filled life, I have zero control over all of these things that are scaring me right now. Hey everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of Wednesdays with Watson. If you have been following my journey by now, you know that my name is Amy Watson. Today I am solo on the mic after not being able to really shake this desire um, that is prompting to share a message with you. Many of you may be in the, the same boat that I'm in right now, just basically overwhelmed by information. I am exhausted from processing it. And yeah, I'm fearful from the consequences of so many things right now. This podcast may essentially be a PTSD patient processing fear in real time. It might just be for me. But my guess is there are many of you out there who are navigating your own waters like I am of confusion and concern because, let's face it, 2020 has provided plenty of opportunities for fear to murky the waters of our faith. You know, oftentimes... The shallow water is the murky water. It's that deep stuff that is often so beautiful that provides clarity. And so today I'm going to attempt to swim out to the deep, out to those deep waters as terrified that I am of what might be out there and of the depths. But I do know that fear right now is is just stealing my peace and it's killing my desire to, to matter in this world and and. Frankly, it's destroying my body. It's basically what the Bible describes as what the author of all confusion will do. And I know, and I hope that you know, that the star of my story and the star of yours is just simply not the author of confusion. It is likely um, that if you're processing, like I am, that you're processing a gamut of emotions, regardless of where you live in this world, we are in over 300 countries and on six continents. And so I'm not talking about a single event. This is simply a hard hard time for every single person that lives on this planet. So even if you don't have PTSD, I do hope that you find this episode helpful. Because whether you're processing your own fears or walking with someone who is struggling with their their own, um, I hope that, um, that you will find essentially what I'm trying to do is is process fears um, in real time. And so I, I hope that you would find this helpful regardless of, of where you find yourself in this time of uh, really sheer uncertainty um, in our world. And so, um, again, this, this very well could be um, me just, just processing, you know. And so um, hopefully you can find some help in it. If you are like me, Trying to navigate these waters may feel a little bit like trying to keep your head above water like in a rip current. And and I'm from Florida, and so I'm pretty familiar with those. But rip currents will take you down, and there are rules to swimming in a rip current. And we all know what those rules are. Oftentimes, though, people still drown because they forget to swim parallel to the shore. The water, when I swim out there right now, it's threatening to to steal all the air from my lungs if I attempt to take a deep breath. And so I'm treading water, and it's becoming harder because now 
I have this paralytic that is fear. The water is cold, very much like the world feels right now. You know, the waves are crashing into the earth with this anger that I understand. And even though God has proved himself so faithful to me over, over and over and over, like the old song says, guys, I'm terrified. And in so many ways, it is difficult to pinpoint why. I mean, there are plenty of reasons, like I mentioned. But this life, this season, is forcing me to pay attention to this thing that I can finally identify as fear. This is a feeling that I'm probably just now identifying It used to feel like a jolt of caffeine, and it would just spring me into this performance mode. And that performance mode is a space where, you know, there's this illusion of control over circumstances. And for the first time in my trauma-filled life, I have zero control over all of these things that are scaring me right now. This is not new to this week. It's just that my weary heart and mind can't ignore these dangers anymore, and I'm so tired, so, so tired of treading water. And so I've said so many times on this podcast, if we don't pay attention to this stuff, they will absolutely pay attention to us, and that is what is happening to me right now. It's torture, and so I know I need to do something about it. And if you're listening to this, know that this is in real time. There's no editing, no correcting, This is just the mic and me. I know that before I can process this fear that there are other things standing in line first. They're all friends of fear, though. They destroy us in tandem. This particular one that I'm talking is anger, and it requires my attention first. I know that this anger is turned inward, as I I can't think of a single person in this world that my ire, that has my ire, This anger is mixed with its buddy guilt. This is crazy. This is just crazy. Like, how could I be so fearful right now? After all, I have gotten behind this mic and published 16 episodes on PTSD. I talk all the time about the star of the story, who is Jesus. I talk about his redemption. I talk about his goodness. I talk about his love. Everyone knows and sees the miracle of me? How much does God actually have to do before I can trust him in these times? The times when every single thing is out of my range and my control. But at the same time, the things that are scaring me heavily affect how I live my life. And so is my faith too weak, or is my God too small? And this is what I'm asking myself. I know my God is not small. So there's this battle, and it's raging, and confusion fills these empty spaces because I truly don't understand, after all, that God has done for me in my life, how I can still be so afraid. And so I'm so angry at myself. And so I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to keep my head above water, whether that water is murky or clean, shallow or deep. I know that I can't breathe buried under anger and fear. Those things will bury me. And so I decide that I don't want to drown. It might just be my head, but I'm going to keep it above water. It is above water, barely. 
I then try to evaluate my faith and measure it. Is there something that I can do to have a stronger faith so that God doesn't have to continue to prove himself to me so that I can stop being afraid? If there's a way to do that, I want to I know where to sign for real. Because I am so tired from trying to not be scared. As I speak this to you, I know that, though, I really do know and feel and see this tiny green sprout of hope in my heart. And it looks a lot like faith in the sovereignty of the God of the universe. It's kind of intruding into my my conscious thoughts. It's like God has gotten me through 100% of the hard days. He's gotten me through a lot of scary stuff. He can do this too. And then just bursting into my consciousness is Psalm 139, which if you are a faithful listener, you know, this is so special to me. So I had to go look it up. had to hit pause on the mic and go look it up. But it's serving as a healing balm to my heart right now as it has for so many years. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down. You know when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the down and settle down on the western horizon, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say... Surely the darkness will hide me, and the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The dark shines like the day. Darkness and light are just the same to you. For it was you that created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you, because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and when I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Oh God, how precious your thoughts are to me. How vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, I am still with you. Guys, there is a life preserver in sight. I'm going to grab it. It is the promises that I just read to you. Psalm 139 just washes over me with a power stronger than any fear-filled water that has worked its way to try to take my life. Grabbing this life preserver is a choice. I know that. I've made it right now in real time to help me process the fear of this season. 
Because as a survivor of childhood neglect, when it feels like to me that another person or entity has control over my livelihood, my brain literally steps into basic need mode. Like, can I eat? Can I pay my power bill? Are my people okay? If you know much about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know that these are basic needs. So worrying about these things after all this time, seeing how remarkable God is, can be discouraging. After all the work, but this is something that God has decided to leave. He's decided to leave it in the manuscript of my life so that when the fear button gets pushed, I can dive deep into the waters of my faith and live what I'm asking you to do. Hang on for dear life to the star of the story. Hang on to that passage in Psalm 139. I love that part. His hand is on me. I can't go anywhere that he isn't. I can't even begin. I seriously can't even begin to comprehend these promises, just like it says in Psalm 139. Suddenly, there's spaces that were filled with doubt and anger and that paralytic fear. They're beginning to feel a little bit better, less paralytic, and stronger with the presence of the star of the story. When fear asks all these indicting questions to me, like, what are you going to eat or drink? How are you going to keep your people safe? And all of the what-ifs that can go with life and livelihood, I want to remember that there isn't a single place that I can go that he isn't with me. He is everywhere. And while that sometimes can cause more questions than answers for today, for today it serves as an amazing comfort to my heart. The promises of Matthew 7 serves as another life preserver. Do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough troubles of its own. Some of my fears are basic fears, as I mentioned. And Matthew 7 goes on to say, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. So in real time, I'm going to stop treading water. I'm going to hold on to this tandem life preserver promises of the star of the story. And we just read two of them in Psalm 139 and Matthew 7. Here's the thing, though, and I want to encourage you if you're still listening. I will forget again because I'm a human being. But fear is a liar, but God is not. He is not a weak God, and neither is my faith. The things happening in our world is real. Fear is a gift, as being forced into the deep waters stops the dangers of having a deep water faith in the shallow end. I can't think of anything more sad at the end of my life. It is a gift to dive deep into the promises of Psalm 139 and Matthew 7. It is a gift to cry out to the God of the universe to keep my head above water. It is a gift to help me remember that I am not required and I am not equipped to tread waters, let alone do it alone. So whenever you listen to this, whoever you are, I hope that you will let yourself off the hook and realize that if you are fearful right now, that this is not indicative of your faith or your belief in the star of the story. If you're feeling fear right now, you are normal in so many ways. But the good news is, is that the truth of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where Paul says, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. What an amazing time we have to highlight the strength of the star of the story. Because we are so weak. So, who wants to stop treading with me and grab onto those life-preserving life-saving promises. If you're afraid, you're in good company, like I mentioned. 
Don't forget your community in these times. And as I've been saying in the last few episodes, I simply do not know how to, write, how to provide hope in these times without a sustaining hope in Jesus. If you do not know him, if you have not accepted him as your personal savior, please reach out to me or someone who can help you. You do not have to live in torture of fear. Becoming a Christian, it doesn't remove the hard stuff as you've seen me, you've heard me say today. Loving Jesus just means that you know that he took the place for you and he takes the hard stuff for you. He treads the water so that you don't have to. Please feel free to reach out to me. My contact information is everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, social media. You could also visit amywatsonauthor.com. We will be adding a page to that website called Prayer Promises because I am continually excited and amazed and honored to get requests from you to pray for you. So please feel free to check that out and you can provide those prayer requests anonymously or contact me in any of the ways on social media. Thank you again to Amy Highland for the excellent production of this bonus episode. And may you guys grab onto those life preservers and refuse to let fear paralyze you.